When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch. Get the best workout possible at TrueMav Fitness with the best coaches, the best plan, and the best open gym concept. TrueMavFitness.com for your first workout free. Superbook Sports, download the Superbook app today and they'll match your first bet up to $250 with promo code ATOZ. That's A2Z in the Superbook Sports app to get your wagers maximized. And the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Gary Ashton, your dream address without the stress, the Intel edge you need to succeed can be found with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. GaryAshton.com is where you go. So of all the different headlines that we pulled out of OTAs yesterday, right? We talked about Kevin Byard. We talked about the wide receivers. You heard from Chris Moore for the first time, who was the only free agent addition to this roster at that position. And we understand how heavy a lift it's going to be to try and improve this offense substantially when the personnel is not that much better than it was a year ago. But you do see potential for them to be able to take this thing up a notch if for no other reason than they are in a better situation with their offensive play caller. And their offensive play caller, who is evaluating this thing from the inside, has seen all the faults, all the things that worked in the last couple of years under Todd Downing, all the things that didn't work, the personnel that they have, the personnel that they might need, and to kind of piecemeal this thing together in as best a way as humanly possible to be able to compete first for the division, and then potentially if they are capable of making the postseason at this stage. So I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. As you kind of look at all the different things that we've talked about, right? We've talked about wide receiver needs. We've talked about how bad the offensive line was to end last year and all the different moves that they've made to upgrade that position group this offseason. We've talked about the quarterback position and how Ryan Tannehill is capable of being much more, but he needs a lot more help than he's been getting. Where do you see Tim Kelly taking this thing to the next level? And where do you most want to see Tim Kelly improve this Titans offense? That's your Two Rivers Ford take. Let me know where you want to see the improvements on the Titans offense the most under this new coordinator. We'll get to uh, what Tim Kelly had to say here in just a second. Right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet for quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service, and the best car buying experience around. 40 years in business. It's their 40th anniversary at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So uh, looking at what the Titans have struggled with in the last couple of years, right? Or last season, more specifically. What were all the what were all the things that we knew that they had issues with? 
sustaining offensive drives, right? Whether they lead the league in three and outs, they struggled to sustain drives on a regular basis. Their red zone offense percentage was uh, their success rate in the red zone in, on, in particular was higher, still top five in the league, still top six, I believe, um, in the NFL last year, but they were limiting the amount of times that they were able to get to the red zone. So it was a smaller sample size, a higher percentage and a higher rate of success when they got inside the 20, but we knew how often it was, how often they struggled to get inside the 20, right? To sustain those offensive drives because of pass protection issues, because of inefficiency on early downs, all the different reasons that we've cited the Titans struggling offensively. We know that the offensive line group, the struggles in pass protection, Derrick Henry needs more help up front. They think they've made at least sufficient enough moves to improve that unit incrementally. And then there's the talent level of the skill position players. And while they did add uh, Tajay Spears, who I think is going to be able to contribute to this passing game and this offense specifically, and Austin Wiley, the fifth-round tight end, who's a converted wide receiver, and I think that element of his game is being underrated here. I, I don't think that they're going to be the best offense in football next year, but I do think that they're going to be able to accomplish a lot of, a lot of what they've sought out to do. Now, ultimately, this comes down to the competency of the coaching staff and the competency of this year's play caller, which is, of course, Tim Kelly. So we've been asking the players, we've been asking the coaches about the different ways that they're trying to maximize the efficiency of this offense. So the different ways that they're trying to improve this unit, play faster is the generality that they keep using. And what we have heard what, uh, more specifically is that there is one area where they think they're going to be able to maximize their efficiency by simplifying one specific thing. This was Chiga Conquo, the Titans tight end, talking about that element of it yesterday. Uh, I think that we'll be able to operate a lot faster and a lot cleaner. We cleaned up a lot of, uh, you know, code words in the offense to changing, you know, long verbiages in the huddle to just, you know, single words so we can just play fast and just like one word will tell us the entire play and everybody knows where to line up. It's harder, obviously, to learn, but when we learn, it'll be easier to, to play. Last week, simply. So that's Chicken Conquo talking about them simplifying the play call, right? And I brought, I made this example on the radio show today with former Titans offensive quarter, coordinator Matt LaFleur, who's now the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. The length, the length, the time that it took for Matt LaFleur to rattle off a play call, one word for protection, one word for passing concept, one word for running backs assignment, right? And stringing these things together in a way that's fluid, easy to understand, easy to communicate when you're you know, in a hostile road environment, for example, um, there's a lot there. Uh, there's a lot there that players are having to process in real time and then execute all within the sample size of the, uh, the play clock. What is the play clock? 20 seconds at this point. Uh, I think that when you, uh, when you look at, when you look at all the different elements of this, pairing that play calling situation down, at least for this season with a lot of younger players on the roster, a lot of new pieces and parts that you're going to have to get to coalesce sooner rather than later, simplifying the play calling element of it is going to be beneficial for them to play faster. Now, yes, you do have to learn what that one word means and kind of disassemble what your pre what the previous term was for that particular play, what the previous play call was. Craig Baxter says turtle. That's correct. Bert's not going to get that joke because he took an hour-long cigarette break in the middle of the noon hour today. 
Uh, but yeah, Lucas was saying that one play call is going to mean turtle. And I asked him what that play call, what kind of play turtle would be. And he said, I don't know, but it would be fast, right? Versus spider two Y banana, which is not the longest play call in the world. But so let's say spider two Y banana, Indiana, you know, uh, motorcycle, like all these, like just random things that are being shoved together in a sentence that's five to 10 words long that you have to understand in as fluid a way as you understand your, the English language, right? It's not exactly the easiest thing to do. Um, but I think with the new parts that they have, with the younger players that they have, a simplification, at least in this season, would benefit them. And then in future seasons, with, to avoid becoming predictable, they can build off those things with players that are retained and then incorporate the new players into the system that they're building, right? That's what I kind of That's what I kind of get the sense of that they're not necessarily building from the ground up, but it's kind of a ground up build in that way, starting with the play calling language, right? Omaha for Peyton Manning. Omaha for Peyton Manning, though, meant 9,000 different things, depending on the down and distance, depending on the, the time on the, uh, the time left in the uh, quarter, depending on, you know, the field position. Are you on the boundary side? Are you on the field side? Like Omaha could mean 9,000 different things, but Peyton just had it all distilled down to one word, right? You got to find the thing that works the best for you. And so the Titans, they're still trying to figure that out, but we know definitively that what they were doing in the last two seasons wasn't working well enough. Read more of your comments here in just a second on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, your Two Rivers Ford take. What thing would you most like to see Tim Kelly improve about the Titans offense? We'll uh, get to more of those comments right after I remind you that primetime is made possible by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com. Check out all their great membership options for the best workout humanly possible. A new you, a new way to work out is what TrueMath offers you. I love their boot camp style class, classes. That's my personal favorite. I like being able to get in, get out of my workout 40 minutes every morning to make sure that I maximize what I'm doing physically, but that I also maximize the efficiency, right? We're talking about efficiency with the Titans offense. Efficiently improve your fitness with TrueMathFitness.com. If you don't like group classes, they have personal training. If you don't like personal training, you just want to work out on your own terms, you can sign up for one of their memberships and have access to their open gym. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go to check out those membership options and get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident TrueMathFitness.com. So uh, looking at all the different areas that the Titans offense needs to improve, what would you particularly like to see them improve? Uh, Major Keys just generally says the passing game. Big Dog says help score over 30 points. Um, <laughs> Craig Baxter says no three and outs and score points. Well, scoring over 30 points per game would be very difficult to accomplish, right? Uh the best offense in Titans history was over 30 points per game, but that was in the pandemic season. And again, it's the best offense that we have seen in the Titans era of football. I think the, uh, I think that, you know, saying no three and outs whatsoever is uh, unrealistic. Of course, I think there will be three and outs from time to time, but you would like to not lead the league in that particular category. I think that would be, uh, specific, uh, that would be, uh, I think that would be, you know, it literally in that sense, they can only go up, right? They can only get better as a passing defense where they were ranked 32nd in the league last year. They can only get better as far as sustaining drives 32nd out of 32 teams last year. Jeff Rubel says it's the one thing he can't do. 
he says of Tim Kelly. He says, get outside skill. So I don't know if the Titans are ever going to value wide receivers the way that fans want them to, right? There will be highly drafted wide receivers in this franchise's future at some point, whether it's under this administration or not, remains to be seen. We've seen how they kind of tend to approach that. Um, while they do have draft capital, substantial draft capital invested in Traylon Burks, you understand that for the most part, that's been where they've been most comfortable investing that draft capital and then building out the roster with a, a lot of value-added pieces that they think are better than we're giving them credit for. Now, you're not going to be able to improve substantially the Titan skill position group right now. Like that, that for the most part is done. Now, maybe they see an area at the bottom of the roster where they can improve their depth uh, slightly, if not substantially. Roster churn is something that's always going to be a, uh, Roster churn is something that's always going to be a part of the equation, right at the bottom of the roster. You'll see waiver transactions every week of guys going up from the practice squad, being released from the active roster, clearing waivers, being added back to the practice squad, all these different things. Um, but I think that you have to be realistic about where they are right now. And, you know, you don't have to trust them when they're telling you, yeah, our, when, when we took Tajay Spears, for example, when we drafted the running back in the third round, that there was not a single wide receiver on their board that was more valuable to them than Tajay Spears. You can disagree with them. You can call them liars if you want to. You can say that they're not prioritizing the position. And maybe you're right. You may be proven to be right. It may not work out the way that they think it's going to work out. But they're going based on they're going based on their evaluation process and what they think is in the best interest of their football team. Like I said, you can disagree with that. I don't necessarily outright agree with that, but I also do think that they're trying to do things that they think is in the best interest of their football team, and they thought that Tajay Spears was more valuable to them than any other wide receivers in the third round. So, I mean, they don't, you know, they, I don't think that, here's the thing, here's the problem, I guess, with the with the Titans in that approach, like, they're never going to bottom out with the way that they're currently like going about this thing. Like they're never going to be a truly bargain or a bottom of the league type team. Now they may be terrible in spurts. They may do things like lose seven straight games like they did last year, but like seven and 10 is not the worst thing in the world, right? They didn't bottom out. They bottom out from what we're accustomed to seeing in the last couple of years, but they didn't bottom out by league standards, right? Neither did the Rams, for example. The Rams won five games. They weren't the worst team in football last year. They were still the defending Super Bowl champions. They obviously didn't uh, defend that title by any stretch of the imagination. But because of the coaching staff, the Rams were still able to find ways to win five games last year. That's not the worst team in football. Um, so I don't think that the Titans, as Jeff alleges, are in danger of drafting in the top five which may not be the best thing in the world because at a certain point, you just need to be able to add premium talent as you reset your roster. And I don't think under Mike Vrabel, like they are ever going to be in danger unless it's a trade-up of being a top five drafting team, right? This is the highest that they've selected in the last two coaching regimes. So they are competent enough. The problem is, can they improve substantially over just baseline competency or above average competency? Because above average comp competency 
is good enough to keep them playing football the way that they have been. But obviously, that hasn't been good enough. So let's move on and let's talk about, uh, let's hear from Tim Kelly on um, a position group that we think is going to benefit the most from this coaching change at this point. Which position group, which player, if you want to be more specific, do you think benefits from the play calling change this year? On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, you're going to hear from Tim Kelly and Traylon Burks momentarily. Right after I remind you that primetime is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com and get your dream address without the stress. Get the Intel edge you need to succeed. Gary will help you sell your home without any showings or stagings, help you find your next home while you sell your current one in this red-hot Nashville real estate market, and help you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity right now. GaryAshton.com is where you go for the team that your favorite teams trust. The official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators is the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So as you kind of go through all the different areas that might benefit from this coordinating change, right? We know that there's also going to be some benefits from personnel changes because there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different things going on with the Titans on offense this year. Uh, Stephen King says Tannehill is going to benefit made Tim Kelly made Davis Mills look good. We did think a lot more of Davis Mills under Tim Kelly than we did last year watching him struggle. Um, Uh, Tim Kelly's plan is to get wide receivers like NWI and Phillips to make those flash in the pan plays on a regular basis. Uh, Yeah, Kaharski laughed inside too. I think we do have that exchange with Paul specifically. Burt was good enough to pull it. Here's what he's talking about where Paul is asking questions. So here's here's the background. Um, And Burt, you can signal to me if, if this is in the clip. Tim Kelly has asked why he feels good enough with what they have at wide receiver. And he cites examples of all the different individual instances where wide receivers on this roster have made plays. Then there's a follow-up saying, okay, you've cited individual examples, but that's not the problem with individual examples. We're trying to find a reason to to believe that you think you've got talent that is capable of playing consistently the way you continue to pitch it to us. And that's what you'll hear in this exchange. Why do you feel comfortable that you have enough at receiver? Because I've seen these guys play. Um, I've seen these guys make plays in, in big games. You want to talk about Nick Westbrook, you can go watch the Washington Redskins or the Commanders film, excuse me, last year when he went up and, and made a huge play for us. Uh, you want to talk about Kyle Phillips, you can go and watch the New York Giants film when, when he, he caught a play or a uh, bull route at the end of the two-minute drive to put us in position to win the game. You want to talk about Traylon Burks, you can go ahead and watch the Cincinnati Bengals game when he went up over the top on that deep ball. I mean, there's examples. You can uh, turn on the Cowboys game and go watch Racy. You can watch all the catches that Chris had. There's enough examples of all these guys making plays at this level. It's just our job to make sure that we can get them to do it consistently. You watch the best film of every guy and envision that. I mean, I think you, you watch. You're talking about their games yeah. where Nick was dropping balls, where where Racy, you know, has four career catches or something like that. There's a lot of film that doesn't show what you're talking about. So what's the question there? So so is it your strategy or your philosophy that you look at the best film and envision that's what a guy is? Yeah. Uh, you know, different than, than, than some people, obviously, you know, focusing on the negative is, is, is no way to kind of go through life. So we don't really want to do that, Paul. We want to make sure that we're doing a good job of, of helping our guys go out there and reach their potential. And again, I think as you turn on the tape, you're able to see these guys make plays and, 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 and it's at the highest level of competition. So... I've got to do a good job. Our position coaches have to do a good job of making sure that we're able to put those guys in positions consistently to where they can go. 
So here's the thing, all right, because I understand I understand both sides of the argument. I get what Tim Kelly's trying to say. Here are examples of these players, these specific players, making plays that impacted games. And every example he listed is correct. The rebuttal is also correct from Paul and from everybody else who heard that comment, which is understanding that at some point, every wide receiver, almost every wide receiver, if they play enough football, is going to be capable of making a play, like a play, right? One play at some point in their career. One game where they impact the game. Every wide receiver, every professional athlete should be capable of that. That's not what we're questioning. Are they capable? The question is, are you as a staff capable based on the talent that you have chosen to equip yourself with? Are you capable of maximizing that talent to the degree that you are going to be able to compete with players and teams that have a much higher level of talent at the same positions that we're talking about? Are you going to be able to go point for point, blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? Are you going to be able to keep pace with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and the collection of skill position players that each of those other teams have equipped their quarterbacks with? You play a certain style of football, and the Tennessee Titans, as long as Derrick Henry is on the roster, are going to play that style of football. It, it's, it's, a, it's a restriction, even though Derrick is a great player, right? You can be both things. It can be restrictive and also, Derek, be a Hall of Fame caliber running back that you are going to work around because that's one of the best assets at your disposal and your job is to play to the talent that you have. So Tim Kelly is not going to throw the wide receivers under the bus. But also, it's fair to it's fair to push back on him the way that was done and say, okay, you're citing individual examples. We are not questioning the individual examples. We are questioning the body of work as a whole. Because Nick Westbrook-Akina, the game that Kelly is citing, had two catches for 72 yards and no touchdowns in that game. Nick Westbrook-Akina, and that's I'm, I'm not beating up on NWI. I'm just saying, like, that's the first example that he said. So that's two catches for 72 yards in a game that you needed your inside linebacker to bail you out at the very, very end with David Long making a goal-line interception as Carson Wentz was getting ready to score. So. While I understand what he's saying there, that cannot be the example. That cannot be the baseline. There have to be substantial improvements. I think that he is going to benefit the wide receivers in this offense. I think on the whole, the offense is going to benefit the skill, the, the players, the offensive line, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks that they have. I do think that this is going to be a good marriage or at least a better one than the one that you've just divorced yourself from. And that was something that Traylon Burke spoke about a couple of weeks ago when last we caught up with him. Really reminds me of my um, sophomore year in college, um, with that being Browse coming in and um, just having that tempo offense, and um, just knowing like that there's so much things in this offense that we have now that you can just go go be free, have fun, and just win games. How much different you feel body wise last year? So that's Traylon Burks a couple of weeks ago. Michael Wagner says the media and fans were hyping Phillips up after we drafted him like he could be the steal of last year's draft. Burks was a first-round wide receiver, comma, the next A.J. Brown. Now all anyone talks about is how we have the worst wide receiver group in the league. Well, so I think those things can evolve. Kyle Phillips did look like a seal. 
Kyle Phillips was your starting slot receiver week one. Kyle Phillips made enough plays to put you in a position to win the game. And do you remember what happened at the end of that Giants game that Kyle Phillips was targeted nine times, caught six passes for 70 yards and had the play to set them up for a game-winning field goal? You missed the field goal. And then what happened? Kyle Phillips got his shoulder crushed in Buffalo and you didn't see him basically for the rest of the season. So while Kyle Phillips looked like he was billed, that Greg, Greg Cosell, I remember when we were doing the evaluation of Kyle Phillips coming out of uh, UCLA, Kyle, uh, Greg said to me on the podcast and said it again when we uh, did the live show, most recently kind of recapping what the Titans currently have and what they've been adding to it, that this was a player that could roll out of the bed and play slot. And that's exactly what he did. He rolled out of his rookie training camp and was the starting slot receiver for an NFL football team right out of the gate and was productive. And then his body betrayed him and he had a lost season. Like, I don't know that Traylon Burks is going to be the next A.J. Brown. I don't think that that was never a fair comparison. And Traylon Burks, the further he gets away from that moment in time, the better that it's going to be for him, right? The further he gets away from any A.J. Brown comparison, the longer that A.J. Brown is on the uh, is on the Eagles roster versus the uh, Titans roster. The more time that 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 just generally the more time that passes, like that's only going to benefit Traylon Burks because the comparison and the situation that he walked into was never a fair one, and it was not his fault. <laughs> the team that chose to draft him also in the same year traded away AJ Brown to get him. So all this different stuff um, is going to come into play, but uh, you know. I don't know that the Titans have the, the the Titans just because they are the most unproven and by the numbers quantifiably worst wide receiver core in football this year. I don't know that they're, that they're going to be that in 2023. I know that they are that heading into 2023. And that I think is how you have to separate the evaluation. Uh, let's move on um, and talk about rising and falling candidates who stock rose, who stock fell in sports this week. Give me your nominees, and we'll talk about them together right after I remind you that your stock will only go up when you download the Superbook Sports app. Go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions and get the best odds boost and promo bets around. Promo code ATOZ, that's A2Z, and you'll match your they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code when you download the app and wager using that promo code ATOZ. That's A2Z in the Superbook Sports app. Download the app today. Go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. So as you, uh, as you look at uh, this week in sports, a lot of NBA, NHL has been pretty wild. The fact that both of these conference finals in the, uh, in the NHL have been 3-0 in favor of one team. And the fact that just last night the Celtics finally got a win to keep themselves alive in an elimination game and prevent a sweep the way that happened to the Lakers versus the Nuggets. Uh, so there's been a lot of playoff sports going on right now and a lot of lopsided results to this point. But I would say that the Celtics would be my rising candidate, given that they finally got off the mat, finally showed some life. And all of a sudden, Vegas continues to think that they should be a, uh, a favorable, that they should be getting favorable odds even despite being down 3-1 at this point. This was Jalen Brown after their Game 4 win. Like right now, you know, um, obviously we underperformed in the last three games and you start to hear all these stories come out about X, Y, and Z. Who knows where they actually come from? And 99% of them is not true at all. 
So, you know, we wanted to stay together. And I think that was the emphasis last night um, before we played today, was make sure we was on the same page. Um, we didn't want to come out and, and, and lay an egg. We wanted to come out and play together. Want to come out, trust each other, come out, play some defense, have some pride about yourself, and find a way to win a game. So that is Jalen Brown talking last night after the Celtics finally showed a pulse. Um, I don't know that they'll be able to dig themselves out of a 3-1 hole, but again, it was good to see them show some kind of fight after basically looking like, um, you know, like they were broken in game three at this stage. Uh, stock down for the Los Angeles Flakers, says Mr. Jones. He thinks that they deserve to uh, trend down. It looks like LeBron James is pondering retirement. We'll see if that actually happens. We know that he is most interested in playing with his son, Bronny, at some point. Bronny, who uh, committed to USC very recently, as a matter of fact. Uh, the NBA wants the Nuggets to win. No, the NBA is pissed that they have this as a finals, potentially. That they all that they could have had Celtics-Lakers and that they're probably going to end up with Heat Nuggets is a disaster for the NBA. The NBA wants nothing to do with that loaf of bread that's the the best basketball player that you've ever seen in Nikola Jokic. Um, They want nothing to do with the fact that the ratings are going to be dreadful for their their television partners by putting Denver and Miami on instead of Boston and L.A. But I do think that, uh, that, um, you know, the basketball has been fun, and I think that the competitiveness of that series – it does feel like the Nuggets are going to be overwhelming, um, no matter who their opponent is, Celtics or Heat. But I, you know, I sh- I'm not certainly doubting Jimmy Butler or this Miami team for the way that they've been able to uh, been able to compete. Who would have thought, for anybody who's paying attention to this basketball season, these playoffs, that the toughest competition that the Miami Heat would face coming out of the East this year was the Atlanta Hawks in the play-in? This is an eight seed. This is an eight seed. This Miami Heat team. The toughest competition that they've had are the Hawks and the Knicks, who are two objectively bad basketball teams this year. They've been able to handle Milwaukee just fine. They've been able to handle Boston just fine. That Atlanta and uh, the Atlanta and uh, and what you saw from New- the New York Knicks with one win in that series being the toughest competition for the Heat and Jimmy Butler at this point. That's been one of the bigger upsets uh, that I think I would not have believed if you'd have told me prior to the postseason beginning. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Fun uh, fun guest on the radio show tomorrow, Arden Key, Titans outside linebacker, Titans new free agent edition. Arden Key is going to be on the radio show at 11.15. So uh, he's got a lot of personality. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with him. I, uh, I texted uh, Jared Puffer at Titans PR who helped me set it up. And Puff, uh, I, t- I told Puff that I like his vibe, and Puff said he's got a lot of vibe. So I think you can expect a lot of vibe tomorrow on the radio show at 1115. Uh, we'll get started at 10. We will uh, we will enjoy hanging out with you guys then. Have a great rest of your night. And if I don't talk to you on the radio show, I will talk to you tomorrow night on primetime. See you guys. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.